Hello everyone, I'm John Cooperman. And I'm Kelly King. And this is episode number one of the Nebula podcast, which is Code Planet's brand new podcast for beginners. Um, so our kind of goal here is we're going to meet every two weeks and we're going to talk about a wide range of topics uh, for people that are either new to the field, um, considering joining the field, uh, specifically targeted at people that are, say, in college or in uh, one of those developer boot camps or something like that. And we want to cover like a, a really wide range of topics with uh, regards to technical stuff like uh, coding challenges, things like that, what work is like, um, as well as like interviews, uh, how to market yourself, um, tips for finding a job, things like that. Um, so yeah, I think, Kelly, did you want to talk a little bit about yeah. like, our motivation for starting this? Yeah, so um, the reason that we want to do this podcast is two-part. The first is that we both had sort of winding uh, paths into coding and had a lot of questions along the way and were confused about a lot of things and how to get a first job and what a first job would be like and all of that stuff. And then second, um, now that we've both been in tech for a while, we have been, been taking on mentors. So um, we have kind of have this fresh perspective about what it's like to be really new. And so we have all these people asking us all these questions, you know, like, what do you do during the day? Or, you know, what does a good resume look like? And so having both sides of that... Um, we really want to share that knowledge with the public. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's uh, it gets like challenging to remember too. Even though it's only been a few years for us, it's a, it's a little bit difficult to remember. Kind of put yourself in that place again. I remember what questions you had. So I think that working with mentors and working with people in these uh, boot camps and things like that, it's like really reminding me of where I was at a few years ago. You know, just hearing these questions, and I'm like, oh man, yeah, I totally was confused by that for the longest time, or you know, I never knew you know, what programming language to learn. I never knew, you know, what a job would actually be like or or what it would be like interviewing for a company. Um, so I think, yeah, this series is going to be like really intended to help answer those questions. Uh, before we dive into today's, I wanted to mention that we've got a form up at codeplanet.io slash ask. Uh, and if anybody wants to submit any types of questions, again, like the range is pretty much unlimited, uh, we'll do our absolute best to uh, answer them every uh, every other week as we do one of these podcasts. Uh, so yeah, for today we wanted to talk about interviews um, and kind of breaking it into four different categories. We wanted to talk about uh, how do you find jobs, like how we found jobs to interview for, um, how we prepared for the interviews that we've had in our careers, uh, a little bit about what the interview process was like, what we had to do that was maybe surprising or unsurprising, and then like a look back, like a mini retrospective on each interview, um, because I think it's, you can really tell a lot about the culture and uh, and your fit at a company from how the interview goes for you. Um, so yeah, yeah. So um, I think we'll maybe start at the beginning. And John, you had the first actual tech job between us. So um, you did a couple internships way back in the day. Do you want to talk about those? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> a little a little bit of a tough time remembering the very first one, but my very first one was a, a really cool like uh, development and design firm, a small shop back in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, I think I uh, found them on Craigslist that they were looking for an unpaid internship, and I really hadn't done hardly anything at all. I think I think up until that point, I had bought a book on Ruby, um, and I had started doing a little bit of like command line stuff, like my first like if else and my first for loop things like that. Um, really didn't have a good handle on it though, uh, so I found it on Craigslist, and I took like this. This actually is an approach that's worked really well for me. Uh, throughout my career, but I took this like hyper honesty approach where I wrote them like a really long personal 
a message about kind of that I imagine that I was on the more unqualified side of the spectrum for people uh, applying because I really knew nothing. Uh, but just talked a little bit about how passionate I was and, you know, the steps I had been taking to um, to learn up until that point. Um, so, yeah, I emailed and they emailed back. Um, and for this one, this is my first one. They did, like, WordPress development and design. I really don't think I did any preparation because I really didn't have a handle on what the field was like at the time, uh, what I should be preparing. Um, and, and up until my, this is my first technical job, uh, I think for a lot of people, interviews are never technical in other fields. So it's really just like a personality thing. You go and you chit-chat for a while, or maybe they ask you some personal questions. But So I don't think I prepared too much for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, up In my experience up until then, it had always been like, working reception or working at a restaurant or things like that where you basically go in and you talk for 30, 40 minutes and it's just like ethics questions and questions about your personality and what you would do in certain situations. So yeah, I totally can relate to that where I had no idea for my first programming job that I even needed to do anything differently. Yep, definitely. So luckily for me, this first internship, I didn't need to do anything differently. Um, So I just went down one day, I think on uh, some weekday and I met them at their office, and it was just two people, um, and they were a couple that were, like, running this firm, um, and we just kind of went into this room, and we chatted for a really long time. Um, it was actually kind of funny, because um, it was a guy and a girl, and uh, the girl of the couple was the one asking me all of the questions, um, and so I really, really had assumed that she owned and ran the company, um, and it turned out later, I just remember thinking this was really funny, that uh, he actually owned the company, and she only kind of helped out at that time. Uh, she actually had her own company. but So it was kind of like a cool experience where I just sat and I talked. Um, they had a lot of good questions about, you know, like what I had experienced so far or like what I was hoping to get out of the internship, things like that. Um, and I think that this is really nice because at this level in my career, an internship was great um, because... Like, A, I really didn't know a lot, and B, it was, like, really worthwhile for me to trade uh, time for knowledge at that point in time. Like, it gave me, like, some really great hands-on experience, um, you know, which I, which I was unqualified to be getting paid for, <laughs> which I think is kind of the cool thing about internships. Um, I don't really have a ton of retrospective on that one because, I, you know, I think it went really well. Um, I think I did it for, like, two months. I did, like, I think two or three days a week, something like that. Um, at the end of it, they offered me a job, which was awesome. Um, but I had actually already started taking on kind of my own freelance clients, so I didn't take the job. Um, but I've actually stayed close with both of them, uh, throughout the years and, uh, spoken at conferences together and, um, you know, done some pretty cool stuff. Uh, so that was that one. Yeah, I I think for that, I think like one kind of takeaway is that when you're doing an unpaid internship, um, it's sort of on you to get what you're going to get out of it. I think it would have been very easy for you to not learn much or, or blow off your sessions when you were supposed to go in there, things like that. And it ended up paying off big time because um, then the guy who ran that studio ended up kind of sending some clients your way in, down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I think- so it was great for networking and it was great for some like kind of free first experience. And since you had a great relationship with them, um, you learned a lot. Yeah, I think that's true kind of of like, there's always opportunities to do like free or or very cheap work, um, which is like a great thing to do in some in some instances. But I do think that you need to be you're very much your own boss, like you're very much in control of your own kind of destiny there. Where if you treat it like just some job, you know, you go and you work like the minimum hours or something like that, you're really not getting anything out of it, uh, and you're not getting paid. So it's really not 
um, all that great. But yeah, if you like, if you leverage it into like, yeah, some great networking opportunities and some great opportunities to, you know, jump on things that you don't know. Like, for example, at this one, I got to do, you know, a bunch of WordPress development, which I had never done. I got to do a bunch of cool CSS and design work, which I hadn't done. Um, I got to do a bunch of SEO stuff, which I didn't even know was a thing at the time. Um, so I got to learn a lot about search engines. Um, and I got a lot of networking out of it. And like, yeah, for a long time, like Kelly mentioned, um, I was getting, he was the guy that ran the studio was supplying me with a lot of jobs. So it was a really, really great opportunity there. So if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about sort of my uh, opposite internship experience. Yeah, that'd be um, great. So after John started this internship, um, I was like, oh, that's really great. There's this whole world of, of companies that just build websites for people. I should try to find one too. And so I also went on Craigslist and I, I couldn't find any that were like, hey, we're looking for an intern, but I did find a WordPress studio that had a job opening. And so I went ahead and, and emailed them and said, you know, I'm not qualified for the paid position, but I'm really looking to get into web development. Um, do you have, would you, could you support an intern? And um, they did end up emailing me back and I went in and I talked to them a little bit, uh, but they probably because they didn't actually offer it as a service, they weren't really set up for me. So the woman who ran it was a little bit scattered and she basically said that she would email me some work. Um, so she did end up emailing me some work uh, and I did it. I, I did a WordPress theme for a, a company that she was um, doing work for. And I put and I sent her the files back, and I kind of never really heard from her again. <laughs> um, so that I guess the takeaway there is like it's it's always better if a company kind of has, and this is a, something I've seen throughout my career is that if a company is set up for whatever the position is, if they're set up for new grads or if they're set up for interns, then you're probably going to have a better experience, and especially if if they take on other ones at the same time. Um, and then the second thing is like cut your losses. If you're if you're like emailing somebody constantly and they're not replying to you, just move on. Yeah, I think those are both great pieces of advice. Yeah, I think there's like a a really stark contrast because I was, um, you know, the company that I started working for was like, I you know they needed some help, I guess, but it really wasn't about that. I think it was just kind of a thing that they enjoy doing. Um, you know what I mean? Like I think that they they weren't really looking to hire someone. They didn't really have full or even part-time work, but they, you know, it was kind of like a cool relationship where I got to do some busy work and some really cool new stuff, but he was very much prepared, um, you know, for me and for my skill level. Like yeah, I from there what was I never... recall, he even had some like, um, sort of to-dos, like sort of like he had one form for SEO and it was like a how-to. Yeah. So there was documentation for you. Yeah, absolutely. It was really well-structured and like, um, yeah, I, it was just, it was a really great experience. I feel like it, it really got me started on the right foot. Um, and I do think that's fair. Like sometimes you will be able to kind of make a position, you know, you see a company that's cool or whatever, but it, I think it definitely does come at a risk of, you know, them, them not having any idea what to do with you or whatever. Um, and I definitely agree about cutting your losses, especially when you're at that, like kind of new, new grad state or whatever, where, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a, you're you're really junior, and there's a lot of places looking for really junior people. Like, I think you should really cast a wide net. Um, Absolutely. You know, just because it, it it might not work out with a few places, even you know, you might try three or four, and then finally find a really good one. Um, but I think at that point in your career, you should be trying to get as much experience as possible. Uh, so if anybody's kind of stalling you, uh, you should probably just move on. Yep. So at at that point, we sort of I started taking college classes in computer science and. 
um, you started doing more of the freelancing and then we did freelancing together. So we didn't really do interviews for a couple years. Right. So I, the only exception is I did actually take a paid internship really briefly um, during that time with another studio that did a lot more custom development. Um, they also advertised on Craigslist. Um, it was a pretty similar thing. It was a non-technical interview. It was three guys that all went to college together. Um, it was a it was a pretty cool experience. I think they were like a lot less set up for me than uh, than the first place was. Um, you know, like oftentimes they didn't really have any work for me to do or real clear instructions on how to do it. And I think another thing that was really challenging was that it was remote. It was like a remote internship. I think that was what made it really tough because with the first one, I was just down there hanging out with this couple every day, um, you know, and I could ask questions or I could see what they were up to. And that was really valuable. Whereas this, I was just kind of, uh, you know, I'd get an assignment by email or something like that. Um, so yeah, I did a, I did a little paid internship. Uh, and that one kind of fizzled out, uh, and then we went back to doing client work uh, pretty heavily for yeah for a, a, a good two years. Um, do you want to go next, or you want me to go with the, the um, first non? I think maybe your first non internship because you started working in the field for other people about six months before I did. So okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that sounds good. So yeah, about that time we had both been uh, doing freelance work, and we were doing a lot of like WordPress design. We weren't really doing any programming then. Uh, you know, like a little bit of like editing the PHP to make you know a WordPress loop exclude a category or something like that. Um, but we wanted to get more into development, so we found. Um, this meetup through meetup.com that was in the area where we were living at the time, Ann Arbor. Um, and it was a PHP MySQL. It was like a LAMP stack. Uh, for those that don't know what it is, it's like Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP. So it's like the, you know, the operating system, uh, the web server, the language and the database. Um, it's a very common stack. Uh, so we found this really cool meetup group and it was, uh, it was just a guy who we've remained very close friends with till today, Tom Hunter. I hope to have him on soon. Uh, and he was just kind of out of, he was kind of looking into becoming more of a teacher because uh, he'd been developing professionally for a few years. Um, so we started going to that like really regularly. Was that every week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I think we'd go for like something like two or three hours every week. And he was like, he was really great. So he really kind of taught us from, um, you know, the very basics, like what a variable is, uh, for loops, you know, things like that. Um, and started showing us how to make websites with databases and things like that. Um, so it wasn't the guy that was running the group, but it was another professional developer that was attending, um, worked for a medical company. Uh, and actually, not only did the lead developer attend, but the CEO also would attend the meetup sometimes. Uh, he was a PHP developer as well. And that um, company actually sponsored the meetup, so they would uh, pay the meetup.com hosting and and pay for food sometimes. So they were... I mean, this is a common thing that meetups will have uh, corporate sponsors because those companies are invested in, in finding developers that are learning that language. Yeah, and it's, it's really cool because it's a great place to find work and to make connections, but it's also a really great place to have kind of this extended interview um, yes. where these people, you know, at the time I was definitely not looking for a job, when, especially not from them because I didn't know them when I first started going. Um, but it was like a six month process where I think they really got to watch me develop, like watching me learn new things and watching the questions I asked. And it wasn't, I don't think they were targeting me necessarily, but I think it's a great opportunity for companies to kind of sit with you and like really get to know you, um, which I think worked out really well in my favor. Uh, so yeah, at a certain point, 
um, the lead developer, you know, I kind of like hinted a little bit at maybe looking for full-time work and to stop doing freelancing. And so the lead developer took me, uh, actually took both of us out to lunch one day and just kind of told us about the company, um, you know, like a lot of great information and things like that. And so I kind of took him up on it and I applied, um, and so, yeah, that one was really, it was cool. I, uh, I went out to their office. They were I'm trying to think, I think there were five or six people at the time, uh, working there. And I went out to their office and this was my first, this is my first kind of real interview. Um, I'd like to take like a minute, uh, over some faux pas because I was really not ready for a real interview. Um, so there was, there was a pretty normal part where I sat with the two co-founders for a long time and we just talked about, you know, my experience and things like that. So that was great. Um, and then there was a coding challenge. It was the first time I'd ever done one. Um, and it was really, it was pretty easy. Um, although it was like kind of off-putting, I guess that I, so basically they set me up with this laptop, um, and it just had like a text editor on it. And then they were like, here's what we kind of want you to do. Like just kind of pseudo code out. Like, um, you'd hit a database, like a MySQL database with PHP and you'd get the results back from a certain query. Uh, and then you would iterate through them, um, and you'd kind of be building up this array of the re- each result. So, like, say you like wanted a certain item out of there, like, like say you hit a user's database and you wanted to iterate through and get the first name. I really can't remember the specifics, but um, and then you wanted to like print the array to a screen, basically, you know, like put it in list items in HTML or something like that. Um, and so they kind of left me there with it. Um, and so, like, the f- the first thing that I was like really really nervous, I didn't even check, but it was a, uh, a MacBook Pro laptop that they had given me, um, and none of the key bindings were working as I was trying to use the text editor and things like that. And it turned out that this guy was running Windows on his on his Mac key binding, so I wasted about a good five minutes, like super anxious and nervous, trying to figure out why I couldn't copy or paste anything. Um, and then the big faux pas came afterwards. They came back down. They kind of reviewed my code or whatever. Um, and the one that handled more of the sales stuff uh, asked me how what my salary requirements were which I was, like, really, really not expecting as a question. Because, again, before then, uh, you know, I had only had, like, these minimum wage jobs that always specify. Um, and so, basically, I, I had two friends that I knew kind of what they were making in the industry, and they were making pretty different amounts. Um, and it was about a $20,000 difference between the two. Uh, and so... And so I just gave that as a range. I was like, I was like, well, you know, I got one friend that makes this much and one friend that makes this much. Um, and so kind of the issue with giving a range uh, is that, of course, any company is going to give you like right on that low end of the range. Um, and so I think that like just like a little bit there, like don't give a salary range, uh, give, you know, give a number. Um, more so my advice would be if, if you're comfortable with it, uh, refuse to give a number, you know, be like, oh, I'd actually be a lot more comfortable if you put an offer together for me and we and we went from there. Um, I think that kind of gives you a lot of power because then they're going to really think about what you're worth, kind of evaluate you, um, and get back to you with an offer. And if it's low, I mean, you can always, you know, ask for more, which is, I guess, part two. So part one of the advice is don't, don't go first ever. Don't ever give your salary requirements first. I'll be really polite and upbeat about it, but tell, you know, be like, I'd really feel a lot more comfortable if you would make an offer. Um, and then the second piece of advice being that whatever offer they come back with is, is the beginning of a negotiation, um, and even if you can't negotiate a higher salary, um, start asking about, you know, just, you want to know the perks, like what's their health care? Uh, what about their paid time off? Can, you know, does the paid time off take a year before you get any, can you get it early? You know, just things like that. Just, just kind of have them 
you know, at that point, if they're ready to make you an offer, you've already sold them on you. So now you kind of, in a very nice way, you reverse it and you, you know, have the company now sell to you um, why you should work there. Um, so I think those two things are really important. Yep, definitely. Do you want to go next? Yeah. So a few months after that, I uh, applied similarly. I, I had made a connection through the same PHP meetup, somebody that worked at a different company. And because I was taking computer science classes and this was a company that did, that did kind of bigger projects with Java, um, I thought that that would be a better fit for me. And so um, just like John, I sort of didn't know what all to prepare. I mean, I had been doing um, Java programs for a while and had also done some of the front end stuff. I, I can't even remember if I, if I studied at all. Um, but then I showed up. And, um, oh, actually, take a step back. So I met the guy through the meetup, and he told us that they were hiring. And then coincidentally, the, their recruiting department came to my university. So I talked to the recruiter in person, and I said, hey, I know this guy. He said, you're a really great company to work for. Here's my resume. And so I had my resume with me, which was like something I would definitely recommend, is if you're going to be at an event where the, you think that there will be recruiters, bring your resume. Um, so they followed up with me, and then I showed up for the interview pretty much unprepared, like I said. Um, and this has also been a theme, but it seems like, unlike the Bay Area, um, when you're in Michigan or perhaps all of the Midwest, interviews seem to be one hour or less and more casual. And it's probably also related to applying for junior positions versus senior. But my interview was like, um, there was like a riddle. There was one, it was like, if you have two bowling balls and a hundred-story building, what's the best way to figure out what height the building, what height you would drop the ball from, which would cause it to shatter? Um, so it was loosely related to programming, but it was kind of a riddle too. And so um, I was really unprepared for that, but I guess I talked my way through it fine. Um, and then they had a, a like, I can't remember what they call this like interview 2.0 question, but it was like sussing out my ability to take a question without a lot of direction. So they asked me something to the effect of, um, pretend you're an architect, uh, design me a house. And so they wanted to see my ability to kind of refine on, on loose, bad requirements. And that was related to them being at a consulting company where sometimes their engineers would have to talk to, you know, outsiders and figure out what they actually wanted. Um, so that interview lasted 40 minutes or something like that. And um, then they, they called me a few days later to give me an offer, and they didn't ask what I wanted at all. They just told me what the offer was going to be, which was fine. Um, and it was actually pretty low. It was um, about 20% lower than John's first salary. Um, and so I probably should have counteroffered. Um, but at the time, my confidence was pretty low, and I was just happy to have a job. So I think one big takeaway there is is to really question why you, you would take an offer that's a lot lower than other people in the industry, um, especially because it's sort of hard to get aggressive raises within a company. So if you start 20% lower than you should be, you probably will have to leave that company in a year or so if you want to start getting back on track. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like a, a lot of things that you just said, they're really important. Like I think one, uh, it's really good to kind of get an idea of what kind of company you're working for. So, you know, mine was a very small family company. Um, and I think that they just kind of made me a unique offer based off my skill set. I imagine they talked about it. Um, yours was a lot more like uh, high velocity, high volume. Yeah. Uh, so they had really taking like a lot of college grads. So I think that they kind of had a very different approach, you know, where they just had this number that they would put out there. 
Um, but I think it's a really good point that you, it is very unlikely that you're going to start at a company and get, get like staggering raises. Like, I don't think at the end of the year, you're going to get like a 20% raise or something like that. So if the job offer is 20% lower than you were hoping for, uh, and you take it, I mean, you're essentially like, there's like an end of life on working at that company, right? Like yes. you're going to be there for a year or something, which sometimes is like exactly what you need. You know, if it's a company where you think you're going to get great experience and you can survive off of that wage, that seems totally worth it to me. Um, you know, but, but if you're trying to like, you know, buy a house, settle down, those kind of things, like, and the, the offer is like, you know, frustratingly low. Um, there's almost always wiggle room and I think it's definitely worth like, you know, negotiating pretty hard for him. Yep. Uh, Cool. All right, I guess move on to the next one. Um, so yeah, my my next one was like my first. I'm trying to think of how to how to phrase it, but yeah, my I guess my first big company. Um, so it's a company that builds a lot of hardware appliances and writes a lot of software that runs on them. Um, and this one, I mean, big is in they had a really big engineering force of I want to say like maybe like a hundred, hundred fifty people, as opposed to I think there were like four engineers at at my last company. Um, so I got a referral, which is also like if you can ever do um, a really great way to jump to the top of the recruiting stack. I'd, I'd love to have a separate episode on all of my complaints about modern day tech recruiting um, <laughs> yes. and their effects on diversity. But but the sad truth of it is, you know, like referrals are usually um, the majority of a company's yes. hires. And so uh, kind of going back to the guy that started the meetup, it's really, as, as we kind of had this conversation, it, it's kind of incredible to me how impactful attending that meetup group yeah. was in our careers. Because wow. um, now this is job three that we've gotten through the meetup between us. Yes. Um, but the guy that ran the meetup was working at this company. And, uh, you know, he kind of, we met and we had some coffee and he kind of pitched uh, me applying there. Um, so I, I sent him my resume and then he, he turned it into recruiting they called me the next day, um, which again I think is much more common in the Midwest. Uh, you know, in San Francisco and the Bay Area, sometimes some companies are really bad. Um, you know, sometimes you'll it's like I think I can't remember, and I don't want to misquote it, but the the statistic on the average like time from first recruiting call to time to offer at Google is like I think in in months, not days. Um, yeah. In the Midwest, things are really different. So I got a call the next day. And we, this was the first time I had like a, a, this is like a weird experience that I think a lot of you will have eventually, which is like, uh, because recruiters, uh, need to vet candidates before they get to actually being interviewed by engineers. Um, recruiters will often have like written down a bunch of technical questions <laughs> that they may or may not understand the answers to, yes. um, which puts you as an engineer in a really weird position where you, your goal really is to nail the buzzword that happens to be written down on their piece of paper because if you do a really good job explaining it, but you can't name it, there's a chance that they'll mark you as failed for it, you yeah. know? Um, anyway, it was, like, my first time doing that. So he had, like, all these, like, um, you know, like, database and, like, uh, programming questions that he that had kind of one-word answers. Uh, it was kind of a weird experience for me. But so we did that, uh, and it went, it went well. Um, and then a few days later, I went in there for, yeah, I think, like, an hour-long interview. And, I, and so I... Um, I met with the team lead for a project um, and then um, the lead web developer on that project. Um, and we did, they were technical, but they weren't coding questions that like I didn't have to whiteboard or write anything down, but they were like, and they were very junior questions. They were like, um, 
about jQuery selectors. They were about um, maybe some high-level stuff on databases and joins, um, you know, and some other stuff. It was kind of an interesting interview because they would take a topic like front-end and they would ask me something really easy and then they would just get harder and harder until they kind of found my point where I just didn't know anymore. And then they would kind of repeat that process over and over again for, you know, databases or for, you know, cloud stuff or for, uh, you know, networking, anything like that. Um, and so kind of getting back to, like, when we started, I talked about my philosophy of hyper-honesty. Uh, I think it worked really well in my favor again here because I think I probably should have failed this interview uh, in the sense that I was definitely too junior for the job. Um, um, but since I was, I, what I was told afterwards is since I was like so, so willing to be very, very honest about what I did and didn't know, um, you know, constantly being like, I really don't know that I'd look it up, but I, I have this feeling or I think I read somewhere you can do something like this, you know, as opposed to kind of trying to wing it and pretend that you know what's going on. I think they found that really refreshing. And I think ultimately the decision came back that I would be really easy to train, even if I didn't know uh, everything. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so I got an offer, I think, a week later from them, uh, a really competitive offer, and I took it. Um, this is kind of the first one where I have a few retrospective things on. Uh, Can one, I interject yeah, really quick? Do. So what was the format? Two people against you, and it was an hour, or what? Yeah, it was two people and me for an hour. So we just sat in a conference room, um, and, and they didn't really seem to have a very well-structured plan. They just kind of were coming up with questions uh, <sighs> kind of back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just on the retrospective here, like one, I did so poorly with the technical questions that I should have known the job was going to be extremely difficult. Um, and two, that, uh, kind of culturally, there were a lot of insights kind of through like the jokes they told or through, uh, things I observed while in the office that, um, in a lot of ways it was like a very, like, uh, a place that struggled with work-life balance. Like, I think a lot of people were working kind of around the clock there, things like that. Um, so I think just if, as you're interviewing, like, try to be perceptive of, like... And I and I ask, like, these... By this point in my career, I always ask about, you know, like, how does your company feel about work-life balance? I think it's a really good way to phrase it. Um, you know, I just want to know, like, is it okay? You know, is it okay if I want to be home, you know, for dinner most weeknights? <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, which I think is really big. Uh, the job ended up being great, uh, but my first few months were like a real struggle. I was just like so far behind where I probably should have been for that job, uh, which selfishly was fantastic because I felt like I just got to learn a ton in a really short amount of time. But I do like even to this day feel a little bit bad for the people that were tasked with training me because I think they were expecting somebody to hit the ground running and I was certainly not that. So um, one additional point for your sort of retro is I know that for the first few months before you transitioned teams that you were kind of surprised by the work you were doing. Yeah. So do you think you could have sussed that out in your interview? Yeah, I think a little bit. So like just to give a little context, um, like all I had ever done in the past was web development, and that's what I really wanted to be doing. That's And that's kind of an assumption that I had was that any job I'd be applying for would be a web development job. Um, and I ended up getting placed on like a very low level, they called it firmware, um, like a, a low level team, like no UI stuff, no, no HTML, anything you like that. You were using just like, PHP to sort of access the file system basically. Yeah. It was like these long running processes that would access the file system. And so, yeah, I was definitely very surprised by that work. Um, the thing that was a little bit tricky, and again, like a part of the retrospective is that I, they had a lot of different teams, like a lot of different products. And during my interview, I kept asking what product 
I would be on. And they just kept kind of beating around the bush with answers, you know, kind of saying that, um, oh, this is just a generic interview for any product, you know, something like that. Um, and even when I got the offer, like an official offer letter, it didn't say what product I was going to be on. I remember having to email the recruiter and ask what team, you know, what product this was for. Um, I do think that if it's at all unclear from the product description, you should be really forthcoming with like what your expectations are um, and asking a little bit about the work, you know, what you're going to be doing, things like that. I was definitely surprised by it. I learned a ton, but it ended up becoming kind of problematic for me. And I, you know, I had to kind of forcefully switch teams. Yeah. You up again? I guess so. I mean, technically, I worked at my job through when you got your next one. So, I mean, if you wanted to talk about your your Bay Area experience. All right, I'll, I'll do it real quick, and then I'll let you I'll let you finish up with yours. Okay. Um, so, yeah, this, this last one, uh, right now, we're currently both working at Twitter. Um, and so I feel ridiculously lucky for this one, but... Uh, so we had decided that we really wanted to move to California. Uh, you know, Michigan's got these terrible winters, and we had kind of never really been out of Michigan, things like that. And so more symbolically than than me thinking I could realistically get the job, I, I went to uh, Mozilla and Twitter, and I just fired off kind of, I found a random job listing that sounded cool, and I fired off random resumes, you know, my resume. Um, and it honestly, at the time, it was much more of a like, okay, now I've started my job search, you know, now I can, now I can start applying for like junior positions at smaller companies. Or yeah, whatever. I think it was even literally like, we knew we were moving, we had to, our lease was ending in a couple months. And so that was like, we need to this weekend get out three resumes. And yeah. I think I think that was literally how that happened. Yeah, so definitely something like that. Um and then like another like one of my classic faux pas, but I got the email just that I would be that I made it through to the first recruiter call. Um I got that while I was out to lunch with a bunch of my teammates on my current job. And I was just too excited about it that I kind of spilled the beans that I was, you know, applying at Twitter um and looking to move out to San Francisco. Um, so yeah, the process was, I, I talked with a recruiter and she was fantastic. And, you know, this was like my first time working at like really big business. Like th this company just had their stuff together so much. Um, and she did just a great job of like walking me through what the whole interview experience would be like. She had a bunch of great resources and articles that she recommended me reading, um, you know, just really, really well put together. Um, Anyway, I ended up doing three separate phone interviews um, with people, and those were really cool. They were very technical. It was like almost the like I think they would start. They told me a little bit about themselves. They asked me like maybe five minutes of my background, and then the rest of the time was all coding on a collaborative uh, web application. So I was like answering uh, technical questions. I think we should probably have another, uh, yes. a whole another yeah. podcast about specific technical interview questions. So let's save that. But they were, they were all very technical. Um, so I did three separate ones of those and each one was pretty nerve wracking. Cause you know, like you'd, you'd get done and then it would be a day or two before you heard kind of yes. if you passed or not. <laughs> so it was like really, really stressful at the time I was interviewing at other companies uh, or just, you know, starting that process. Um, anyway, after the third one passed, they flew me out, uh, to San Francisco and put me up in a really nice hotel and, you know, took care of kind of everything, like the flight and the car to the hotel and everything. Um, and then I, so I got there in the afternoon and then the next morning I had like a whole day, like a nine to five, basically of on-site interviews at their office. 
um, which was also extremely nerve-wracking. Um, so I kind of started with my recruiter, and then they brought in um, the manager of the team I was applying for, and then a product manager, and then for the rest of the day was all engineers. Uh, and so every 45 minutes, somebody else would come in and do, you know, kind of whatever they came up with, like just some kind of technical question, a lot on a whiteboard, some on a laptop, um, you know, some higher level, some lower level, all sorts of stuff. Um, and it was kind of nice in the middle of the day, I got a break for lunch and the two of the people that took me to lunch were two people that had done phone interviews with me. So it was kind of a really nice break in the day where two people that had already given me the thumbs up, uh, kind of took me out and we got some food together and things like that. But it was a super long day, although it was the only time I've ever done an interview where at the end of it, I felt like they got a really accurate picture of me and where I'm at in my career. Um, you know, other times it's like, oh, I botched the one question they asked me, but having done like, you know, whatever, like eight interviews at that point, I felt like they had a really good idea of where I was at. Um, so I felt pretty great about it. Uh, and then, yeah, I think like a week later or something like that, I got, I got the offer. Um, yeah. And then we moved out there. Not, I think not long after that. So that was, that was my experience with it. Did you want to talk about any, any of the other ones that you had kind of going or save that? Uh, yeah, a little bit, I guess. Just just kind of that I had interviewed at a bunch of startups at the same time. Um, and for a kind of a lot of different reasons, they fell through. Um, one of them actually was just taking like four weeks at a time to get back to me. Like, you know, I was like, hey, like, let's set up a coding thing or whatever. And then they'd be like, oh, sorry, I, you know, I forgot about this email. I'll email you again tomorrow. And then four weeks later, you know, so I just kind of like, you know, put the brakes on that one, which kind of goes back to your advice at the beginning about like knowing when to cut your losses on something. Um, And then, yeah. And then some other ones just seemed like a bad culture fit, which I, which I think for a lot of beginners is maybe weird to hear the other way around. Um, But I really do think culture fit is, is really important for you as the interviewee. Um, You know, if you, if you don't, I'm not saying you should necessarily enjoy the interview, but if you don't have a decent time meeting all those people and doing that stuff, I feel like that bodes really well for you having a decent time working there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I called a couple of them short because I just felt like it wasn't a great fit. Like, you know, they were they were fine, but I just didn't feel like we had a good connection. Um, whereas I felt like I had a really good connection with my with my current team. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about yours? Yeah, definitely. So, um the Bay Area experience was kind of wildly different from the Midwest experience, like I said before. So John explained the like multiple phone calls and then a day of on-sites. And that was sort of like really fatiguing and, and surprising. Um, so the same time John applied at Twitter, um, I did not apply to Twitter, but I did apply to um, Google. They have like a if you go to apply at Google, they have like hundreds of different requisitions and you can kind of send the same resume to multiple. So I sent it to like two or three. And I think that was the only place that I applied. Um, And then I told my manager that I was looking that, you know, our lease was ending in a month and we were planning to go to the Bay Area. And, you know, John had already heard back from some companies and we were, you know, probably pretty much doing it. Um, and my manager was like, we can't lose you. Like, we absolutely can't lose you. We'll lose our client. Like, you're too important. Like, give us more time. Um, so Google did end up contacting me. Um, they, I had an interview with one of their sort of subsidiaries and, um, that I had the same sort of, uh, first they did a recruiter touchdown. Um, she didn't have any technical questions for me, but um, she did want to know because they have so many requisitions. She wanted to know 
my background a little bit and make sure that I would be somebody. So, I mean, these recruiters are basically trying to do a good job bringing in candidates. And so they want to vet you and they also want you to get hired. So it's sort of like a, a tense relationship where they, they really want you to have the right answers and they want to um, do well by you. So she liked me and then um, she actually sent me like a bunch of resources, like things that I should study. And, and I, that's an, a tip I would definitely give is that your recruiter is an ally. Once they've, once they've decided they want to push you through, then you should definitely ask them like, do you have any tips for me? Like, um, do you know what, what I should focus on? Things like that. So um, I got a, a technical screen from somebody there and um, I passed and they flew me out. Um, and then I had my on-sites and pretty much the same thing, interviewed with a technical um, team, like mostly coding interviews and had one uh, design interview or something like that. Uh, I did not get the job offer, although they did call to say that um, it was a tough decision and they wanted me to reapply in a few months, which was weird. Um, so anyway, between them turning me down and my current boss asking me to stay, I basically did a a pitch to my boss and said, hey, I'm moving to the Bay Area. If you want me to work remote for a lot more money, I can do that for a little while. And surprisingly, he bought it. He like doubled my salary. Um, and I committed to stay uh, a few months. So it worked out really well for me because then I had a lot of time once I got to the Bay Area to brush up my resume and study and things like that. And um, so I ended up, John had a really great experience where he essentially talked to four or five companies total and got his dream job. Um, I had a very different experience where I had multiple rounds of sending out my application. I got a lot of rejection. Um, I had several on-site interviews that were sort of like humiliating where not that um, I did anything wrong, but just like sometimes you have an off day where you can't focus or you forget something that you definitely know, or maybe you even after you hang up the phone, you're like, oh, I totally knew that answer. So just by chance, having like 30 interviews or whatever, I had some very, very bad ones. But <clears throat> on the bright side, like after doing all of those, after, after maybe 10 interviews, I was sort of like getting really good at interviewing. Um, so I, in that sense, if you're, especially if you're trying somewhere really competitive like the Bay Area, would recommend some throwaways. Um, some places that, you, not necessarily that you wouldn't work at, but they're not your dream job. So that you can have, you can get to know what what intense interviewing is really like. Um, and then I got uh, actually one big thing that I did after my first one or two rounds of like tons of rejections is I reevaluated my resume because that was that was what was getting rejected. I wasn't even getting a recruiter phone call. And so John actually um, gave me his template, and I put the same content into his template, which was much more sterile than mine. Mine was sort of like a little bit colorful and using um, a sans serif font and things like that. And I switched it over to John's format and immediately got a way better return. So a little bit of an A-B test there. Like you should definitely, um, if you're getting a lot of rejection before people even talk to you, consider rewording or even in my case, just restyling your resume. Um, so eventually I had some of my, some of my interviews went really well and I got a couple job offers and then I applied at Twitter just because I thought it would be great to work with John. And I thought I was pretty prepared for interviews at that point. And I had a couple job offers to leverage. So then when I did apply at Twitter, I had an internal referral and I had a lot of practice and I had other offers. So basically that went very smoothly and I got a job offer in like six days. So 
that was sort of my experience. Yeah, I think that's yeah really interesting. Like a couple of points that I think were really great there is one, it seems counterintuitive, but the recruiters are on your side. Um, yeah. You know, it's like a just follow the money situation. You know, they're getting paid if if the company hires you, and they're not getting paid if the company doesn't hire you. Uh, and so I think they're really uh, commonly trying to, you know what I mean, at, prepare you as best as they can for success. Um, so I think like once, yeah, like Kelly said, once the recruiters kind of decided to move forward with you, um, reach out to them, you know, as much as frequently as possible for, you know, assistance, ask if they have any advice, any tips, um, you know, a lot of things like that, because they, you know, they really want you to succeed. Um, two, I think that it was a really good point that as unfortunate as it is, interviewing is kind of its own separate skill. Um, and so it's like the unfortunate reality is that most people aren't going to be very good at it at first. Uh, and you just have to practice it, which unfortunately means most likely getting rejected from, uh, uh, quite a few jobs before you get good at it. Um, I think just don't get too discouraged about it. You know, it's like, especially in the Bay area, things are so competitive that companies are just moving really quickly, you know, really quick decisions. Um, and so I do think it's really common that if you get denied from a company, they'll encourage you to apply again in as little as three months, um, which really isn't a very big deal. You know, you can kind of take what you learned from, uh, from it and, you know, study hard and reapply three months later. So I, I wouldn't put pressure on yourself that, you know, it's like, this is your shot at Google or this is your shot at Twitter or Facebook. You know what I mean? Like these companies have so many thousands of employees and they get so many, like tens of thousands of applications that, uh, it's not like they don't ever want you. You know what I mean? It's like it didn't work out during that path. So, you know, maybe try again in a few months. Um, and then the third one, I really liked your point of like kind of just treating the the process of you getting a job as a business of sorts, like kind of A-B testing it, you know, yeah. like what part in the pipeline are you getting stuck at? Like, yeah. is your resume not getting traction? Change your resume. Is your phone interview where you keep getting, you know, stopped? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, try, try more phone practice, something like that, uh, you know, in person, you know, different things like that and try to figure out things you can do. Um, and there's also just like, I think a lot of really good resources online for, um, you know, for a lot of that stuff, preparing for interviews, which we'll put out, uh, in our newsletter this week. Um, so yeah, I think those are like some really, really good points. And I think that it, it shows a really nice contrast where like, you know, if you have a bunch of friends that are in your school or in your boot camp or whatever, and like maybe some of them are just going to get these like sweet jobs right away and then you'll be getting rejected and you'll start maybe feeling like, oh, maybe I'm not as good as they are. But, you know, I really don't think there's anything to take away from it like that. Like, you know, you just, you know, just keep experimenting with stuff, try again. And like, I'm sure, you know, you'll get there. You'll definitely get there eventually. And I don't even think it'll take that long. You just have to, you just have to prepare for, you know, some probable rejection along the way. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, yeah, like John said, we'll share some resources. Like I read a really good book preparing. Um, and then also, at least in the Bay Area, there are a lot of meetups that actually just do um, like practice mock interviews. And it's not that even if you can't find a meetup that does that, there are so many people looking for jobs here that I'm certain you could find a Craigslist friend to go through mock interviews with you. And I would strongly recommend that if you could practice without actually feeling the hurt of real projection. Yeah, I think that stuff's really important. You know, just like learning how to ask the right questions and learning how to think out loud. And eat. I mean, honestly, like writing on a whiteboard with Sharpie is a super uncomfortable experience if you haven't done it before. Um, so even an opportunity to practice something like that, you know, like I had, I had one interview where I was like super nervous 
and I kept spelling the word function wrong. Like, all, like every time that I spelled it, I would spell it wrong. You know, I was just like all awkwardly up on the whiteboard. So I think like even things like that, that seem a little bit mundane, uh, can, you know, can really go a long way uh, in impressing the people that you're, that you're interviewing with. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that about covers it. That's kind of our, our experience uh, with interviews. Uh, kind of like I said earlier, this is our very first one. Uh, we'd absolutely love any feedback. Uh, you can find us at the Code Planet on Twitter, uh, CodePlanet.io, uh, where this podcast will be. We also have a bunch of blog articles and a bunch of tutorial videos coming. Um, you can go to CodePlanet.io/ask and ask any question. We'll answer it on here. Um, and uh, yeah, any and all feedback would be very, very welcome. Um, and um, if you have your own interview two cents or experience we'd love to hear about it so you can just email us hello at codeplanet.io yeah and absolutely. we could we could summarize it and throw it in our next newsletter absolutely yeah really looking for any any other perspectives or um you know any uh, stories experiences anything like that um anything else that's it all right thanks for listening everybody thanks. bye